Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. Hola, Amano. My name is Adam Jones. Today, we're getting into the E-Myth Revisited subtitle of why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. Michael E. Gerber? Gerber. Yeah, that's it. The world's number one sport, small business guru, apparently. Apparently. Mate, it's not a, not a bad book. Yeah. Uh, it's not a great book, though. Uh, it's just okay. Yeah. It's an interesting read for a small business, probably more for a physical store, I reckon. Mm. Oh, it's, look, it's, mate, there's some good shit in here, good shit, but it's probably not one of my tops, yeah. that's for sure. It's a famous, quite a famous book, oh, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's massively, um, massively popular, more than two million copies sold according to the cover. Mm. But mate, I've heard this recommended by everyone. Yeah. Um, Tim Ferriss talks about it all the time. Uh, pretty much everyone who recommends business books recommends this one in, like, in their top three, but I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, good honesty. I, I personally, I like some parts of it. Very, very good. I liked and definitely learned quite a bit from it. So. Yeah. Well, mate, there's definitely plenty to learn. Let's get... Well, so what is the E-Myth? So he says... Oh, and this is the E-Myth Revisited. Now, he talked at the start. He wrote a book called The E-Myth. Yeah. And then he fucking lost his business or, and bro- his wife dumped him. And so now he's written his sec- uh, yeah. a follow-up, The E-Myth Revisited. He's touched it up about 25 years later. Yeah. So the entrepreneurial myth... Is a myth that most people who start a small business are entrepreneurs, uh, and the fatal assumption is that an individual who understands the technical work of a business can su- successfully run a business that does that technical work. So we'll maybe we'll get stuck in to the myth first of all. Yeah. So with this myth, it's said that so these people, a lot of people with small businesses, really aren't entrepreneurs like some people might think they are. Whereas mm. they were probably an entrepreneur. In that one moment when they had a job or and they thought, fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go out on my own. And in that moment, they're like, I want to change things. I want to you know, do something different. So yep. they're an entrepreneur. And then we'll get into it later. We'll define the people running the show in our own mind. But Yeah. So he says the at that moment you're referring to, he calls it the entrepreneurial seizure. Mm-hmm. So he says that seizure, uh, that, that moment of... Uh, that happens is you probably firstly you're probably working for someone else, and secondly um, you're doing the technical work that you later open your business in, and thirdly you're pretty bloody good at that work. So you're working for someone else, and then one day you said one day something could happen. You know, uh, it might be a really nice day of weather, and you think, "Fuck it, I'm only going to work. I'd rather work for myself." Or it's someone's birthday, or you you miss your kid's graduation, or you get a paycheck and think, geez, I worked too hard for this or your boss looks at you funny or whatever happens and you have this seizure and think, you know what? I'm bloody good at this job. My boss yeah. is a, a douchebag. I'm going to go out and make my own business in this field. Yeah. And so he said that's probably not always the best way to start, but it happens. That's how, that's how it happens. So in that moment, they do something and probably get out of the comfort zone a bit. Yeah. And then in that moment, the entrepreneur has taken over and has led them to start their own business. But what we'll get into now is chapter two is like... Oh, we'll get into the fatal assumption. Which is... <laughs> is that the chapter well, so, No, so he says the fatal assumption <laughs> oh, yeah, is... Uh, so he says that the fatal assumption that these people are having this seizure, they think just because they can do the, do the work and they can do the work well, that they can then open a business and do it well. So he says that the technical work of a business and the business that does the technical work are two very different things. If that makes sense. Yep. Sorry, mate. 
chapter two, you were that's saying. Good. No, that's a great segue. <laughs> so, so that's the entrepreneur taking them to that position. They're right. They've started the new business, and then, but in reality, once they're there and they're into the thicker things, it's back to the technician. The technician, yep. uh takes over. So, do you want to define? Yeah. So, there's three types of of. So each each business owner, there's there's three types of personalities or people that make them up. So there's the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician. Uh, so those definitions, fuck, I had them. So <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> so the entrepreneur uh, is the personality that turns uh, a trivial condition into an exceptional opportunity. So it's the visionary, the dreamer. Uh, it's the the energy behind the the creativity and imagination. Yep, that's it. So then. Alternatively, what we also have inside us ourselves is the manager. So the manager is pragmatic. Is he or she is responsible for order, planning, and predictability. So where the entrepreneur lives in the future, the manager lives in the past. The entrepreneur thrives, change, and the manager sticks to the status quo. Love it. And so you said you've got your future. You got your past. In the present is the <clears throat> the technician. So the technician's the doer. So it's a person that goes out and, and, and does the work, essentially. Yeah. Um, so they're the three. So is uh, Gerber, Gerber. Yeah. What are we, what are we calling? Gerber. 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 So Gerber says that each business owner has these three people inside of them, the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. Yeah. So the key to get everything right is to find the right level of balance. Yeah. Because if you let the technician take over, he's going to or she's going to work 24-7 and to make work. drop dead, whereas yeah. the entrepreneur might take a step back and then plan for the future, and then the but manager the work. will, yeah. and the manager on the other hand will pragmatically order everything so everything right, everything works. So the goal is to get the balance between all three and then let them all work together. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, and that's why our small businesses die is, is when your entrepreneur is not part of the, the process and it's just the technician and the manager mm. working really hard. Yep, and you said sure. there's a stats probably in the first chapter I thought that everyone a lot of people are aware of like 80% of small businesses die in like the first mm. five years or whatever and then only 1% last the next five yeah. after that or yeah so so yeah this is the goal the book is saying so this, this is the reason supposedly why these businesses fail and, and that's not having the balance mm. of like the characters we all have inside of us yeah exactly yeah love it uh, what do you want to go into next mate so, chapter. So, where are we up to, mate? <laughs> so, talk, so he talks about a couple of different phases. So, he first says there's the the infancy phase, which yeah. is where the technician really comes into his own. So, you first start out, and you think, yeah, geez, I'm I'm really good at doing this work, yeah. and so you go out and start doing that work. And he he has some good things, and he says that the the owner and the business are the same thing. And so it might be, you used to be a really good hairdresser, so you go out and make yep. Joe's Barbershop, uh, and you, and your name's in the thing, or you used to be a really good chef, so you go out and make Mary's Fine Foods. Yeah. Um, and so you, you the owner, and you, the business, it's, it's just the same thing. It's just you doing your shit yeah. that you think you're really good at, and now you're doing it without a boss. That's right. And now, the ironic more. thing with this is, like, what the trap a lot of people get into is when the technician runs the show is... That it gets to a point where the business is your new boss. So you, yeah, you think when you leave your original job to to uh, go into your own business, and what really ends up happening is the business runs your life. So yeah. you're still working for the business forever. Yeah, exactly. Because if you, especially in this early stage, 
Uh, if you choose not to go to work, you don't get paid. Yeah. It's the same as if you don't go to work for someone else, you don't get paid. If you don't go work for your own business, you don't get paid. Yeah. So next comes adolescence. And that's he says at some point, anyone who's going to get bigger uh, is going to go through this adolescence phase and that's where you get some help. Mm. But the the issue is, so he, he tells a story where you know someone might come in and help and at the start they're really good uh, and they're just smashing it. So you can step back and do some bigger things while they do the all the grunt work. Yeah. Uh, but then... Later on, you just start to see little things popping up that aren't quite right. And the issue is, he calls it management by abdication rather than delegation. So it's when you are stressed out, someone comes along to help out, so you step back and let them take over, uh, as opposed to clearly defining the tasks that each person should do, how it should be done, uh, and that's where the issues start to pop up. Yep, that's right. So moving on to chapter five, uh, after adolescence. So it gets to this point where... The business reaches a point where it's outside your own individual comfort zone. And if, yep. if the individual is not uh, willing to grow and change and adapt, and then the business can't, uh, can't possibly get any bigger. So, so this is the point where it's, it's growing and growing, but the individual decides that the business needs to get smaller again. And so this is where the business is reduced to the, uh, the level of the owner's personal resistance to change. Mm. So... To get past this adolescent stage, you need to uh, be willing to change as an individual so you can let the business go. Yeah, and that's it. So it's all about that comfort zone. And it says each part of your personality has a comfort zone. So your technicians, um, your boundary of the the comfort zone, the boundary is how much work you can do yourself. The manager's uh, boundary is how many technicians you can effectively supervise to do um, the technical work. And the entrepreneur's boundary is how many managers you can engage in your in your uh, in the pursuit of your grander vision, and so it's all about getting uh, trying to uh, push past those boundaries, yeah, um, and extend your extend your comfort zone. That's right. So the book goes on to uh, and it talks about uh, mature companies and the entrepreneurial perspective. I like so, this bit. I like this bit. Yeah, it is good. So mature companies didn't really start out that way. So they all started as small businesses at some stage. So, But these people who started the companies like IBM and McDonald's, they had a completely different perspective about what a business is and, and why it works. So mm. gen- generally, in summary, what they tend to do is have a clear picture from the start. So they begin with the end in mind and then yep. they keep readjusting until they reach their final vision. Mm. So, yeah, as you say, like say um, that some of the ones you, you listed, McDonald's, Fed Express, Disney, they were mature companies. He said they didn't just start out with one dude um, in a shop making burgers. Yeah, they started with you know a big goal of being a big mature business with all these processes and systems in place. Yeah, so that's that's the real entrepreneur taking over is having the vision and then going for it. Whereas yeah. The technician, however, so the technician begins with the present and just works really hard at the present and they look forward and the future's uncertain, but they kind of hope that it's going to be like the present. So they just keep working long hours and they can't take the step back to uh, to make the adjustments to, to follow their grand vision. Yeah. So do you want to get into what he calls the turnkey, the turnkey model, part two? Yeah. So basically he says that... Um, he says your business is not your life. Your business and your life are two totally separate things, but your business is going, to, is going to play a big part of your life. What he says about how you should be setting up a company, he uh, his contention is that you should set it up as if you were making a franchise. So he says even if you, you haven't bought a franchise, if you've got no intention of ever selling it as a franchise, 
you should set it up structured with systems and processes as if it were a franchise and you could literally hand it over to someone else and they could keep it running. Yeah. So like um, he talked about McDonald's, Ray Kroc. Um, there's a new movie out called The Founder, which is all about McDonald's and Ray Kroc, which we'll have to get into at some point. But he says that everything at McDonald's is uh, system systematized and it's so structured that anyone can do it basically. And the thing is you want it so that the lowest skill level can do it, not the highest. So he's you get school kids going into work at Macca's because there's an exact, you know, you have to put the burger on. They're all the exact same size. You put it on for exactly however long, a minute, flip it over, put it for 30 seconds, take it off. Yeah. The buns have to be heated for 20 seconds. The chips can't stay in the in the heater for more than three minutes or they'll go soggy and that's no good. Yeah. So everything's systematized so that anyone can literally walk in, read the checklist, the step-by-steps and do it. That's right. So the thing, the best thing what the Ray Kroc did or the, the amazing thing is like what he sold, mm. what re- he really sold is not a very nice cheeseburger because they're not very good burgers, is it? The, the product of McDonald's is actually not the burger, but it's how it's the business and how it sells the burger, yep, as sure. you're saying. Yeah, no, that's phenomenal. So man. that's what the, the franchise model is. It's it's not having these awesome products, it's having a business model that actually works. Correct. So, so that's the whole goal of the book is is actually changing your perspective to just not worry so much about the product, but worry, worry about the actual business and work on the model. So then you can hand it over to someone else and you can go out and uh, sit on the beach drinking cocktails while yeah. the business is out there doing some work. <laughs> and that's exactly what he said is that, you know, he could hand out, you know, he could say to someone here, you can, you can have McDonald's name, you can make a McDonald's burger store. But he knew that people will get lazy, it will get sloppy and it will end up looking bad on McDonald's as a whole. So he says, he knows that people are going to fail. So he has to make systems that the people just run the system so it can't fail. And he said, whoever buys a McDonald's franchise, they're, going to, they're guaranteed to make money because it works like clockwork. Yeah. Um, so he was selling that that dream of making money as yeah. opposed to selling that dream of making burgers. Yeah. So, yeah. So the whole idea with the franchise model or, or what your business is, it's your primary purpose of your business is to serve your life. And so you work on your business rather than inside your business. Yeah. So, again, it's just taking that step back. Yeah. And the six, uh, six things he talks about, he goes into depth. We'll just list them out here. Mm-hmm. He's talk, talking about building this model. So he says, firstly, your so number one, your model will provide consistent value to your customers, employees, suppliers, lenders, beyond what they expect. So consistency. Uh, second, uh, your model will be operated by people with the lowest possible level of skill, obviously because they're the cheapest and easiest to find. Number three, the model will stand out as a place of impeccable order. Number four, all work in the model will be docu- documented in an operations manual. Number five, the model will provide a uniformly predictable service to the customer. And number six, the model will utilize a, a common uniform dress and facilities code. So again, this is probably why I didn't... It's a bit too serious for my liking this, <laughs> this book. But anyway, it's, man, it's good shit. If, you, if that's what you're doing, it's, uh, it's definitely... Maybe that's why... <laughs> maybe I should be doing this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah fucking right. Um, so yeah, out of all that six, McDonald's ticks though those, yeah. is a ten out of ten in every one of those yeah. those categories, isn't it? Absolutely. Do you want to get into the business development pro? Oh, building a small business that works. So yeah. part three, building a small business that works. Yeah. So it's got a whole. So basically, as we've been talking about, it's it's getting the right systems in place. So there's 
there's the six different areas to get the systems right in place, and then you're uh, yeah, you're off to the races, I guess. Yeah, so he calls it his business development process, where you've got continuous uh, innovation, orchestra, uh, or oh, fuck, <laughs> innovation, quantification, and orchestration. Yep. So he says you're constantly coming up with new ideas, testing them and quantifying them to see uh, where the, if it's improved, got worse, and you know exactly the numbers, and then orchestration, putting it all into 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 the process and continually innovating, quantifying, and orchestrating. That's right. So he says you've got to quantify absolutely everything because there's yep. no other way of really knowing that your system works because these quantifiable, these numbers is what you're going to show people for your whole franchise model to work. Mm. So it's all exactly. documented and quantified. And that's what he says. I think he says the whole goal is to do a, build a business, get it done, and then sell it, basically, yeah. as, as a reward for your work. And even if you don't want to sell it, have it ready to sell because you know that's when it's ticking along nicely. If someone's willing to buy it, then you've done a bloody good job, basically. Yeah. That's it. So go through uh, his seven-step business development program. Um, and he says that it's not something he's, or it's something he's found that, that's worked for all the businesses he's worked with. He said he's worked for 70, worked with 70,000 small businesses or something like that. Yeah. Um, do you want to go through the seven steps? Yeah. Well, we might as well. Uh, we'll list them out. So firstly, your primary aim. Second, your strategic objective. Third is your organizational strategy. Fourth, your management strategy. Fifth, your people strategy. Sixth, your marketing strategy. And seven, your system strategy. Do you want to kick off the primary aim? Yeah, so your primary aim is very similar to the, say, the, the introduction to the four-hour work week, so it's just basically understanding what in life do you want. So mm-hmm. he, has a, he has a part, he has a, a few paragraphs on like you at your funeral. Just, so mm-hmm. think about uh, all your goals with the end in mind. Just realize that one day you're going to cark it, you're going to be... <laughs> You're going to be dead. So take your life seriously and create the things in your life intentionally. Mm. So what do you want in your life and then then get to work to make your life better? Yeah, he says, ask yourself the questions. What do I value the most? Uh, What do I want my life to look like? What do I want to feel like? Who do I wish to be? And what do I want other people to say about me? That's right. So the the key here, he says, is uh, pull the curtain up. So get Mm. beyond your comfort zone and you'll really never know what you're missing and uh, until you get outside your comfort zone. So I think yeah. that's why books are so fucking awesome, isn't it? Because you're inviting a whole new yeah. uh, way of thinking and all this new information into your brain, which you, yeah, you wouldn't get otherwise. Oh, well. definitely, man. I love this quote he brings in from uh, Don Juan. Yeah. I don't know who Don Juan is. Which it's is- one of the only good quotes in the book. Was- <laughs> <laughs> it's a sick quote. The yeah, difference yeah. between a warrior and an ordinary man yeah. is that the warrior sees everything as a challenge well, the ordinary man sees everything as either a blessing or a curse. Yeah, I love, love that one. Good from Don Juan. It wasn't That's even right. the author. It was, he stole it from someone else. Yeah. So at the, so the start of every chapter <laughs> in this book, it's got a, got a quote. And that's one of the relevant good ones. But most of them, I have no fucking idea the relevance. Which is, <laughs> I read it and it had nothing to do with the chapter title. Or maybe I just couldn't follow. I don't know. I didn't get them. Some of them were just so complex I didn't get it. Oh. Like, so the four-hour work week started each chapter with a quote, and they were fucking awesome. Yeah, bang. These ones, I'd never heard of the books, I'd never heard of the people, and it didn't make sense. That was a good one. That was a good one. Then, after your primary aim, so your strategic objective, so like, look for the business and basically turn it into the thing that will give you your primary aim, Yeah, basically. Don't, yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. It's basically like step one was to work out what you want, and step two is how you're going to do it. Basically. I guess that's a, the simple way to, to yep. say it, yeah. And it said, yeah, so there's a couple of standards. So firstly, it's the money side of things, and secondly, is it an, uh, an opportunity worth pursuing in terms of uh, of fuck, of customers and stuff? Yeah. And then he's just like got a whole list of other things. So like how long is it going to take you to finish it? Where do you want to be in business, like physically, like geographically? Do you want it to be just in your town or do you want it to be all across the country or all across the world? How are you going to do business? Is it physical retail? Is it online? So as you say, these are all the, the strategic uh, ways of achieving your step one, your primary objective. Yeah. And uh, the next step is your organizational strategy. So basically, as we were saying earlier, define each role to the mm. point where there is no, you don't need someone with an MBA and all these university degrees yeah. coming in. So that, that's what you want to avoid, having to rely on people with all these skills. You mm. want to define each role to the point where a 15-year-old school kid can come in and do it. And then he can do it from India or he can do it in yeah. Australia or the US. It's just the same defined task. I must admit, this is probably my favorite bit of the book yeah and i so i read this book firstly probably 15 months ago and this was actually pretty sick and so it says say it's it's two guys who are making this business you go out and make this make an org chart so you start at the top with uh if you've got the book check out page 175 it's got a, a picture of it so you start at the top with the shareholders next down you've got your chief operating officer and three branches off that you've got your marketing side of things you've got your operations and you've got your finance so they're at the, the top and the next level down within marketing, you've got sales managers, you've got advertising and research managers. Within operations, you've got production, service and facilities. And within finance, you've got accounts receivable and accounts payable. So there's a whole bunch of jobs here. So it's a good way to break down, uh, break down your organization. But what he says is at the start, if you're by yourself, your name is going to be under all these jobs. Or if you've got two yeah. dudes, you might have eight jobs each. Um, but it's, I really like this structure and what he says is first you start at the bottom and you work as a, a sales um, rep or you work as a facilities manager or you work as the accounts receivable manager and you work out exactly what you do, how you do it, when you do it and write down everything and have like an operations manual and write it down so you can literally hand over the book to the next person and say, here, do this and you move up the chain to the next level up. Yeah. Work in that job, and and so you start at the bottom, work your way up to the top, yep. documenting everything as you go. Yeah. So I reckon that was pretty. I reckon that was good. Yeah, pretty sick strategy. Good chapter. The next, uh, your management strategy, which I kind of just talked about then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you don't want people with highly valuable skills. You can't afford them. Tough so to find. Have a have a highly valuable system, as opposed to hiring people with highly valuable skills. Yeah. And I think the important thing is if you if it's clear in exactly what you want people to do, I think people can learn. If you're a good manager, you can teach people exactly what to do and start with... It's better to find someone who doesn't know anything but is really keen and really eager to learn yeah. as opposed to someone who knows everything, but they probably do it different to how you want it done anyway. Yeah, that's right. So next is your have a people strategy. So the, you know the question, how do I get people to do what they want? So basically, give them a purpose within within the company. Uh, take the, so you yourself as the leader take it seriously, and so for your your employees, make the game worth playing for them. Mm. Yeah. So he said you like set everything up to be a game 
yeah. where there's you can always win every day. You can you can have you can win. It's not too easy, not too hard. Goldilocks tasks. That's um, it. Yeah, maybe it was an okay chapter that one. Yeah. Next step, your marketing strategy. So forget. So this step, forget everything about yourself, and then now just focus purely on the customer. Put yourself out of the, the equation and. We have to realize that the customer's subconscious mind really runs the show. So all the subconscious mm. things really do make a difference, like the colors or the, the first appearance of your product yeah. and things like that. You've got to really put effort into that. Yeah, he says, as you said, so you have to forget everything except for the customer. But he said that what you think the customer wants and what the customer actually wants are probably two very different things. That's right. So you need to find out exactly what they want. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then... Next is your system strategy. So you've got hard, soft, and information <laughs> systems. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So how many? That's the seven-step uh, process. So basically, the, the whole book is designed to just make you realize that the strategies are what make your business great more than, than your product. Yeah. In summary. Yeah. Overall, mate, what did you reckon? Yeah, it's a good book. Like, I learned, I learned a lot. Yeah. Just in about the franchise model and yeah, and the risks of letting your technician take uh, get yeah. involved. And, Again, uh, there's a lot of he talks about it, there's a lot of similarities in life. Whereas if you if you don't have take the time to step back and look at your life from you know three steps back, yeah. then you won't be able to really get to where you want to go. So this is in those the three parts. Probably like with most books, I like the first part the best. It's <laughs> <laughs> every book. And the first bit's the best. I should just leave it there. Yeah. No, I thought it was good actually. I thought it was good. It's a good way to structure everything. And if you're um, going into into business, it's uh, setting it up properly like this would be would be good. I reckon. Yeah. Who's it for? Definitely, definitely, as the title says, small business owners who are working 80, 90 hours a week, and they're not yeah. sure how the fuck they got into it and they feel trapped. Working too hard, not getting enough money. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, this is definitely for them. The other thing is for people who think they want to do their own business, he sort of spends, at the start, he sort of almost tries to talk you out of it a bit. Yeah. A little bit. That's right. Um, but yeah. Mate, not a bad book. Uh, not a great book though in my eyes. Yeah. But yeah. Mate, each to their own. <laughs> yeah, that's right, mate. <laughs> Have a sing? I love them all. Yeah, sing that shit. Sing it. Yeah, dog. I'm the manager. Demeth. Michael Gerber. I'm the manager. Technician entrepreneur. Shoot the entrepreneur and get the manager. I'm the manager. Infancy. Adolescence. Maturity. Get out of that comfort zone, you bitch. Take the cake. Bake the cake. Take a step back and look at your business manager. Don't have an entrepreneurial seizure. That's a fatal assumption. What the fuck do you want? You not take a step back. Think of your funeral. Begin with the end. Just because you're good at your work doesn't mean you're good at business, you cunt. Ooh, yeah. Get that cheeseburger. Fuck cheeseburger. Think about business. The, the business bus- development process. I'm Michael Gerber. I'm a business guru. I've helped 70,000 small businesses. You help me, Mr. Gerber? Except my wife dumped me and I lost my business. Because you're a cunt. <laughs> oh, we get him on. <laughs> I'm the manager.